0: I, yeah. I, I think it, it's so interesting because cats are so elastic in a way that their joints are able to, because they fall on their feet,
1: to yeah. dampen that
0: fall, that's, that's yeah. the impressive part.
1: And when you watch those videos in slow-mo, or just the simple ones where they sort of dropped a cat in a not a dangerous way, but that has to flip over and when it lands, you can see that elasticity in the way their joints absorb all the weight.
2: Sorry for saying, sorry. Media presents the PER Podcast. The best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek.
0: Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and we have...
1: Dr. Kelly St-Denis
0: and this is the first podcast very excited to be here second week of uh, hot cat news Uh, and Dr. Kelly is filling in for the amazing Dr. Susan Uh, Um, and we're very happy to have her here because we will talk about some topics that are hot in the news Uh, and we talked last week about uh, all things to do with cats so uh, very excited to be doing that in the next half an hour so uh, Kelly how was your day?
1: My day has been great thank you. Where Um, are you? I am in Northern Ontario um, visiting where my sister rents a cottage out and so we uh, it was part of my birthday present that I got a whole week to stay here Um, so it's been lovely other than the mosquitoes I told you about which you know you can live with when you're by the lake it's been lovely.
0: Yes yes I I always am uh worried about, sorry, I'm worried about Canada in the winter because of the snow and the ice and the freeze. I'm worried about Canada in the summer because of the mosquitoes, because the mosquitoes mm-hmm. are bigger than the bees here in the, in the <laughs> US. At least that's what they tell me. And and I also told you last time that uh, mosquitoes have a fatal attraction to me. So I'm always the one. Yeah. You have 100 people in the woods, and the mosquito says, "Oh, we have hundred nice little snacks, but let's take this guy." Yeah. And, so you sound like you.
1: someone I'd love to go camping with then. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. I'm a I'm <laughs> a great distraction. Like I'm a great distraction to uh, to anything that has to do with uh, with mosquitoes. So. Uh, yeah. Well done. Well done. All right. So uh, so you're in the in the bush in Canada uh, relaxing. Thank you for being on this podcast then. Oh, uh,
2: thank
0: you. So any other, so I would like to start with one question before we start with hot news. Uh, we talked about uh, the, uh, the, one of your favorite topics. So what is one of your favorite cat
2: diseases?
1: Oh, what is my favorite? You know, that's, oh, there are so many cat diseases. And I would say one of the things I'm most interested in, talk the most about is probably hypertension, which mm. I think we've talked a fair bit about on here. Yep. With the Yeah. And stuff. Yeah think so yeah. senior-related diseases really are interesting to me, I find, um, just because they're so common and we have so many senior cats now. Um, more and do more you, of these cats are yeah, getting do older. Do you think that
0: there are more senior cats now than like 10, 15 years ago?
1: I, I think so. I, d- I don't know the statistics specifically, but as cats become more popular in the home and hopefully they start to get more medical care through their young lives and be fed better and have longer, healthy lives... I think a lot more of them are growing older and more people are spending more of their disposable income caring for their cats. So if they have, you know, a health condition, they will help them through it. And so these, I think a lot of cats are probably living to, you know, more than 10 years of age. So we're starting to see all those other diseases that occur in seniorhood more. Yeah. Yeah. So any of the kidney failure, kidney, what we call kidney insufficiency or chronic kidney disease, thyroid issues, diabetes, hypertension, yeah, they're they're really they're really common or becoming more common, and 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 can be really challenging to manage too, right? So especially when they like to get more than one disease. Yes. <laughs> Susan always says that you know cats never like to get one disease. If they were shopping, they would you know their cart would be full.
0: Yes, so. they're they're disease collectors.
1: Yeah, that's how I, I like call them. Is, oh, another
0: disease! I can take that one too. Yeah. So how 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 old is in uh, what is the average age of a cat? You know, you know what's like the what, average when they like, die?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I would say the range is probably sixteen to twenty. If I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and again I don't know the most recent statistics, but some of these cats are living over twenty years now too. So that's probably not that common. Uh, but yeah, I would what's say the oldest if, cat that you have seen. Uh, we had one in my practice that, according to the owner. I mean, I hadn't known it since it was a kitten, but according to the owner, it was 27.
0: Ooh,
1: when it, when allegedly
0: it 27, wow.
1: Yeah, allegedly 27. Yes. He certainly was relatively robust for that age, but um, yeah, I mean, you just never know, right? And some of these cats do live quite long, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you have people that become 110, 10, although it's, you know, <laughs> no. no one third of what other people normally become, but the 27 is pretty good. And I'm always surprised by when you ask this question to people that have horses, you know, horses can become quite old and mm-hmm. they're in a way so fragile in, because when a horse get the disease, most of them they die. But mm-hmm. uh, so, um, but they, they, you know, 30 years sometimes it's, and that's the same with cats. You wouldn't expect that a little animal like that we always try to, you know, I think it's it's also our brain just thinking that a cat is a dog or a horse is a dog, so everything is, you know, 12 years and then they die, but it's not true. But so there's, there's quite big differences in the animal world, at least how long animals can live, which I think is always surprising.
1: And it can be difficult for clients too, because they often will say to me, oh, I want the cat to live this long and I want the cat to live for a long time, but you also have to get into those discussions about longevity versus quality of life too right i mean you can live to be 30 but if you're sick for the last 5 years of your life with debilitating pain for the cat that may not be an ideal last 5 years so
0: and that's true of course yes so there's there's a lot of uh, yeah there's a lot of things that you have to consider when mm. you consider healthy living uh, at an older age but i think we get more and more tools to deal with that and and give them a better life expectancy and especially a better, uh, you know, uh, general, um, what's the word for that? Uh, a yeah. general care that, that we care for them better when they're older. We understand yeah. them better and we care for them better. Let's, yeah. let's, and
1: let's, more people are definitely pursuing more care for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's good. So bring your cat to the vet. Uh, and and so, so also as vets, I think we need to reinforce that. I know that dentists are so good in bringing people back because you need to check your teeth every year. We're mm-hmm. not that good in telling cat owners to say, hey, you know, this is very beneficial for the cats to come to us. So we have a general check and, and yeah. see if they're healthy and not painful, etc." etc. et cetera. So yeah, I think very good. If, you, if you don't want to bring your cat, there's mobile vets that come can come to your house and do the same thing so and there's yeah. now telehealth so where they where you can at least consult about how yeah. your cat is doing etc so there's lots of ways now that that you can take better care of your cats or as a veterinarian we really need to stimulate all those those options so i'm always yeah. excited about telehealth because for cats vets and cat owners this is such a great option to have
1: yep yeah and then really as they get older like once we're past 11 to 14 years of age they you know people think oh i still sh- if i have to bring my cat to the vet i only want to go once a year but those cats actually need to be uh, checked over at least twice a year mm-hmm. and if they have you know serious diseases they should be coming more often so it's yeah. another thing that as veterinarians we we're so busy it's hard to do that better but that's what happens i know with my own practice if we had patients that didn't come for a year and the person skipped their 6 month visit it seemed inevitable that those cats came back debilitated weight loss and had developed some disease that I probably would have picked up at that six month mark and headed off. Um, but you know, you get behind the eight ball on it because it's been a whole year since you've seen the cat and the client may not have noticed the changes because they were so subtle.
0: Yeah. In my spe- specialty, uh, oncology, that is so true. So uh, normally in cats, we see the tumors way too late. Mm-hmm. the owner doesn't see it then I, you know any case that comes into my clinic whatever phase of veterinarian i was i always did the physical exam and one of the things was to check for tumors and and so mm-hmm. when you catch them small you can do something about them and although we know that cats don't get tumors as often as the d word it's still no. one in five or two in five will get a tumor uh, before uh you know uh, yeah. before it's too late and and, and we also know in cats, when they get tumors, it's 80% malignant. So we've got yeah, to be they're early. Often, so.
1: They're often hidden, like you said, like they're in the mouth or even mammary tumors, which are really aggressive in cats. People don't always recognize that they're there because they may not pet their cat's belly. They miss them. And then a lot of them have intestinal wall disease. It could be cancer too. So yeah, it's a, very hidden in the cat, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Uh, a lot of weight. You're right. Completely yeah. right. Um All right, so uh, I have some news, and that was from the BBC, yeah. uh, and that was a cat that uh, decided to jump out of a five-story five high floor yep. uh, while the building was burning, so it's a good idea that he did that. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you see, because you hear about it very often, here you can see the cat fly. Uh, stretches leg, it stretches like it almost looks like one of those flying uh, squirrels. Uh, stretches like, uh, come down, land, and just walk away as if nothing had happened.
1: It didn't. Uh, so I didn't get to read the whole article. So the cat didn't break any limbs or have nothing. any fractures or anything.
0: It, no, it was completely. It, 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 the, the, the message had struck off like a boss." So it just landed and it just walked away. And I think they they looked at the cat afterwards and there was nothing uh, wrong with the cat. And and, and we know that with these uh, injuries, you know, the height of uh, how far they jump has to do something with it because cats need to be able to turn around and then land with uh, feet down. But it's Mm. just amazing how they can you know, five stories. That's if I would jump for five stories, I would be flat.
1: Yeah, and I think it, I don't know that it's very common for a cat to walk away from like that, something like that, uninjured. I mean, we see them jumping from two or three stories and and breaking limbs and and hurting themselves. So it's that's pretty amazing. Um, and you hear like a lot of people like to have their cats. Yeah, so time. so there's oh. an
0: article about Feline Hyperesthesia Syndrome. Right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: I know. My clients are always asking me like. Is that really a thing i'm like well it has a name so if it has a name it's probably pretty important and common right so feline high rise syndrome that probably means that we see it a fair bit right
0: <laughs> they had 120 cases so i thought I, that is so interesting over a four-year period 60 uh, percent of the cats were younger than one year and the average height of the fall was four stories so uh it's more common during the warmer period because then we let, let them outside, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But 97% of the presented cats survived after the fall.
1: Wow. That's,
0: that's amazing.
1: Cool. Yeah, that is impressive. And
0: that's only, cool. only between brackets, 50% of the cats had fractures.
1: Yeah, that's really amazing.
0: It's crazy, isn't it? So, <laughs> and then the second control. major thing is uh, thoracic trauma. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so they say falls from a seventh or higher stories are associated with more severe injuries. So it's kind of in higher thoracic trauma reasons. So, uh, but there's this this you know if it's too low, cats cannot you know adjust themselves, mm-hmm. and if it's too high, you know probably the velocity is too high to to. I, yeah. I, I think it, it's so interesting because cats are so elastic in a way that their joints are able to, because they fall on their feet,
1: to yeah. dampen that
0: fall. That's, that's yeah. the impressive part.
1: And when you watch those videos in slow-mo, or just the simple ones where they sort of dropped a cat in a not a dangerous way, but that has to flip over and when it lands, you can see that elasticity in the way their joints absorb all the weight. But I think you're right with those second story and third story. They don't necessarily have time to sort of prepare themselves for a four foot landing. I know the one patient I saw years ago landed on its front legs and it had fractured all its carpal bones and its radius and ulna. And I think one of its, the humerus as well. So it was in really bad shape as it landed on its front feet (laughs) for some reason. And so it took the front legs, took the whole impact of the weight.
0: Yeah, I guess it's buttons. worse to land on your head, but front feet are probably not yeah. a good area. But I think, um, you know, what, what I saw in that movie was that the cats, uh, you know, the stretching of the legs, it was almost like it formed an automatic parachute, so mm-hmm. it kind of stopped itself from falling too fast. And I think if you fall with your legs down, you know, you don't have that that br- automatic air brake that, the the you know that this cat so this cap was just the, amazing it was just like
1: the wind resistance <laughs> like i said i think you said it earlier they're like little flying squirrels right yes
0: yes exactly there's, there's the little the flying squirrel thing Post. although yeah uh so that was uh, and there's there's more articles like that there was an article about 81 cases uh, there's an article about uh yeah oh interesting there's also an article about people falling from houses and <laughs> so high rise syndrome in 1643 patients interesting so
1: and yeah i'm sure that they didn't land on their feet right <laughs>
0: yeah and they no. probably have uh, different uh injuries too so what else did you find
1: what else did i find in the news uh-huh just I, I, it sounds like I've been reading most of what you've been reading. So, looking at we talked about last week about cats being adventurers and this kind of high-rise thing, and you know, just um, we were talking about those the tigers that had been uh, rescued from a zoo, and so there was that as well that we uh, saw in the news this week. So, yeah, it looks like um, some very exciting stuff going on in the news with cats. They dominate the internet, right?
0: They do dominate the Internet, not only the Internet. They dominate our lives. But uh, there is probably a uh, new item, too, is that we get a first cat in the White House. So there's two dogs there, right. two German Shepherds, right. But they decided, uh, I think uh, Joe Biden said that there might be a cat in the White House. Uh, so so that, that's interesting because we have a very famous cat, obviously, uh, on uh, in England,
1: right? Ten Downing Street cat. Exactly.
0: So yeah. uh, and and he is uh, he's pretty funny on on the internet anyway. So, uh, but
1: uh, so they're going to have to introduce a, a cat to the two dogs at the White House. So that's that's going to be an interesting approach. Hopefully, they're preparing some space for the cat so it doesn't always have to be around the dogs and I, I mean I don't know what the dog's experience with is, is with cats. Some, some dogs have no experience with cats at all, right. So when you bring them into a cat into that home, uh, it's potentially a disaster if the cats won't leave, if the dog won't leave the cats alone or vice versa. Uh, so hopefully the president's getting some advice on providing the cat with his own special room.
0: Exactly. I think there's enough space in that uh, White House to do that. But, you know, introducing... So if we talk about introducing a cat, it's probably easier when, when you have dogs to introduce a kitten than a full grown cat. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, probably, unless you know the history of that cat and whether they've been around dogs before and have some interaction with dogs. So, yeah, so the kitten can sort of socialize with the dog. Uh, I've I've had a lot of situations where clients already have a cat and then they forget to ask my opinion before they do it but they go out and get a puppy or a dog Um, and it can be very stressful for a cat for any other animal coming into its house and dogs in particular, especially if they're going to be rambunctious puppies that might be wanting to play. Uh, And so it's really critical for that cat to have a space of their own where they can get away from the dog and the dog can't get their food and the dog can't get their things and can't get into their litter box or scare them when they're in their litter box. And somewhere the cat can sleep where it doesn't feel like it's potentially going to be threatened. Because again, you sort of think about that. We talked last week about the fact that cats are not just predators, but they're also prey. So if some dog is coming into their home or they're moving into a dog's home, they're potentially going to view that dog initially as, as a threat. And they may become lifelong friends after that, but the initial issues are, are potential to be big. So, yeah, I usually uh, consult with my clients and recommend that they provide the cat a safe space or at least several safe spaces that they can get to. Um, And it's always unfortunate. I find uh, when people get dogs, when they've already had cats, that the dog, the cats kind of get relinquished to the basement or a room upstairs that no one uses and they're no longer having their main life environmental resources in the area where all the humans are. So they kind of lose their human contact a little bit Mm. to some degree, especially if they're avoiding the dog.
0: Yeah. And then you wonder why they don't, they're not nice to you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. Then why they think we're competent. (laughs) All
0: right. New Hampshire uh, is uh, passing a bill where killing a cat in a, is illegal.
1: Killing a cat in...
0: Sorry, you're breaking up a little bit, Kelly, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Can you
1: hear me so, any better?
0: And now I can hear you. So I think that uh, that uh, Ben needs to cut this little piece out. But So uh, w- what I was saying is uh, um, in New Hampshire, uh, killing a cat in a hit and run will become illegal.
1: Wow, and and that's that's a good thing, because so many people, I mean, they do that with dogs, see, right? They they don't mm-hmm. know how to react when they hit an animal, and they just kind of leave the scene, so. They're also ready
0: with dogs, so, uh, and then you face a $1,000 fine, but um, cats were left out. So I think they're, they're finding out that cats are as important as the D. Mm-hmm.
1: And so uh, what, what would we instruct someone to do if they did hit a cat? I mean, you see cats on the side of the road, and as a veterinarian, especially when I owned my own clinic, I actually would stop and take them to my clinic and scan them for a microchip and make sure they had an appropriate cremation. But what is a regular citizen supposed to do if they hit a cat? Um, they're on their way to work, they're in a hurry, they're going somewhere, and I'm not saying they should leave them on the side of the road, but what would that – well, given that law, how would you advise people to, what would what would they advise them to do? Stay with the cat until, or do they pick the cat up and take it to a veterinarian? Like, are they waiting for someone to come for the cat? Because that's not going to happen, right? A lot of cats are outdoors and might leave their house for a day. So yep. it's not like owner's going to be looking for them. So you can't stop and call 911 or, yeah, I, I, I'm just curious how, how they deal with that, really. What is the recommended approach for someone who does hit a cat
0: and let me see if they say anything about that but i guess they expect when you hit a cat when you feel it's necessary to hit a cat you also have the responsibility to do something with that yeah. and not yeah. just leave it by the side of the road so that means yes you have to get out of your car pick up the cat see if the cat is okay so if the cat runs away obviously it's okay kind of yeah. hopefully um, but uh, in other, in, in in the other case, you probably will have to bring the cats to either a local shelter or a veterinarian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, it is, sounds like a good law. I just hope sounds like they will hopefully be providing some guidance for people.
0: And I, how- I think it mainly is obviously for. People that see you hit a cat and then drive away, because otherwise, who knows who hit the cat? But there's, mm. uh, they're not going to look for DNA on the car. But uh, <laughs> in those situations, I think there's still a lot of people that that hit animals and just leave them.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate for sure.
0: Yeah, it's not the most ethical thing to do, I guess, uh, in the in the life of these animals. But um,
1: we do need some deterrence in that way for sure.
0: Yep. Anything else that you have found in the news?
1: Oh no, you know some of the stuff that I saw, Yola, was just more disturbing. Like we had a situation here where uh, two cats were dropped off at a humane society that and they had been someone had tried to neuter them at home, Ooh. Um, and I on that, yeah, that you know. So like this news, we have some great news, and then we have this type of news where I don't know if people are. Tr- don't have the money to neuter their cats, or they get an idea that they can perform procedures at home and it'll be fine. Um, but obviously, both the cats were developing illness, and so they dropped them off anonymously at a humane society. And one of the cats did pass away from septicemia. Yeah, I can so, only imagine. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, don't do this at home, uh, techniques. No, and so. so
1: yeah, they were they were trying the. uh, elastic band approach as you know Ooh. we've seen in the old days hopefully we Ooh. don't do this large animals, I, I, I think that's
0: illegal in a lot of countries so yeah
1: I, and it, it used to be fairly common with you know calves and sheep and small ruminants I think
0: yes I mean just imagine how painful it is but it, you know, that is uh, that is animal torture, Would would say yeah. that. And I mean, that's probably in a lot of places illegal and you can get a fine and you can go to jail even if you do that. So it's uh, yeah, it's We're definitely some... not the right thing to do. And, you know, and if we talk about castration in, in male cats, it's such an easy procedure if you think about it. If you give them the right yeah. medication, they recover really quickly. Uh, it's probably yeah. one of the easiest procedures that we have.
1: Yeah, we don't it's too bad that people would feel alienated enough from the veterinary community or again it might have been a financial thing and they were thinking they could somehow do this themselves that they would they would not seek medical advice and find out that that's just not something you should be doing um, at home. That's not a yeah. DIY project.
0: <laughs> yeah. yep, yep. Yep. So are you worried in any way that because we know that there's you know a lot of the foster animals uh have been taken into houses right now because of the COVID situation. Everybody being home, that will see a uh, like a, a higher increase of people leaving their cats and dogs behind during if you know if the restrictions are lifted. Are you in, in any way worried about that?
1: That they're they're gonna sort of uh, re- relinquish them again to like a humane society or yes. yeah? I think uh, I would be worried about that. I mean, we talked about that. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago with the dogs that, you know, they're we're at home with them all the time and there's a certain amount of interaction and normalcy and s- cats are very schedule oriented and then people go back to work and things might start to go sideways at home. So the cats might start misbehaving because they're stressed from the change in schedule. And I don't know how apt people are going to be to give up really quickly on that situation and relinquish the dog or the cat back when they just decide they can't deal with it. You know, the cat or the, sorry, the dog is getting two walks a day and then all of a sudden it's getting no walks a day or a very short walk. And so it starts to have behavioral issues and then people are more apt to to relinquish. So it is a concern, I'm, I'm worried about it. I think there are some signs that that actually might be happening if I'm not correct in some, in some places.
0: Yeah, because we noticed that places are opening up right now, so although mm-hmm. Wanted animals during the pandemic might not be as wanted uh, afterwards. Uh, I I worry about that for sure. I worry about that for sure. So to finalize the show, uh, and we talked a couple of shows ago uh, uh, with Anna Brutlak about uh, poisonings. And I think in the news, we see quite a lot of um, these news items come up too. And uh, one of them was antifreeze, for instance. Uh, There were a couple of cats dying from antifreeze. So yeah, but this poison is we talk about it because it it definitely happens, mm-hmm. and it happens more than we think that it happens. So, uh, so I just want people to be alert and, and 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 think about you know the the wonderful pet poison helplines that we have that can help. when yep. that happens. So, uh, really. And one really of those,
1: important. one of those big ones is, is the lilies, right? Someone sent me some flowers the other day, which is very nice. <laughs> But there were lilies in the middle of it, so it's always a good idea to check your any any cut flowers you have or flowers that people send you. And I just pull the lilies out and put them in a vase outside and on our porch so they're not in the house.
0: But so, even there, it's dangerous because the lily water is the danger. So if your cat go out, uh, yeah. or there's a feral cat in the neighborhood that drinks that water, they, they yeah. can be intoxicated too. Yeah. So.
1: For so, sure, yeah. yeah. So in my case, we don't have any cats and ours don't go outside, but you're absolutely correct in those. If you have any concerns at all then the, really the lilies just should go in the garbage
0: yeah yeah sadly They're so
1: so, so yeah. toxic
0: <laughs> that's true that's true so uh, uh, if you call so you're in canada do you have a specialized uh, poison center there or do you normally call the u.s ones
1: i i think a lot of people make use of the asbca website yeah. for toxic plants and toxicities and then yeah they have that hotline and that's usually the one that I gave to my clients as well that you can call from Canada. So there, I think there's a fee when you call to get information, yeah. but yeah, we work, we recommend using that for sure. It's a pretty good service.
0: Great ending of, we're already again at 28 minutes. It's crazy how time flies. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Dr. Kelly, thank you for being on with the podcast. Uh, this thank is the per podcast. Uh, we have a website called perpodcast.net We also have a social media handle at Per Podcast. We uh, are very grateful for all our listeners. Uh, We have many, many downloads, so we really appreciate that. And we could not do it with amazing guests like you, Kelly. So thank
1: you. Thank you, Yola. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure.
2: Great. We see you all next week. Bye. TSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options.